In the movies, Dracula wears a cape, and some old English guy always manages to save the day at the last minute with crosses and holy water. But everybody knows the movies are wrong. The truth is, it started with Blade, and it ended with him. The rest of us were just along for the ride. Ooh, wow, that was... You hurt yourself? No, that was just a big thump, I don't oh, know. You scared yourself. I scared myself. Oh, it's, it's, well, it's that time of year. Hello, everybody, and welcome back once again to Podcast Part 3, the Part 3 Podcast, your go-to podcast for all things about movies that came after two other movies. As always, I am Sam. And as always, I am Will. And uh, we are, welcome to October. Uh, it is spooky Halloween season, which means spooky threequels abound. So we're starting things off this month with a, a movie that's a threequel, sort of a movie, and not scary or spooky in any way, shape, or form. It's uh, 2005's Blade Trinity. 2004. 2004. Yeah. It's 2004's Blade Trinity. <laughs> The uh, third in the Wesley Snipes-led Blade saga. And final, yeah. Th- this was Will's pick, if, if <laughs> it wasn't a dead giveaway. Since Will, Will loves gray, unfunny vampire sequels. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, I, um, I remember gray, this Gray, miserable... <laughs> Boring vampire sequels that think they're so, so cool. Yeah, I uh, I remember this movie being a little bit more fun. That at least it was. I, I remember it being dumb fun, not um, not just dumb. <laughs> I think, with the exception of the first Blade, I think everything involving Blade people remember as being more fun than it is. Well, I mean, I. Uh, I love the second movie uh, right up until, and I think we've talked about this in the past, right up until the blood pack dies, um, right up at, at, after the House of Pain sequence, sort of the whole movie kind of loses its way a bit and, and kind of takes a bit for it to find its footing again. But the last little bit of that movie is pretty great, I think. Yeah, I, well, I mean, it's it's uh, Guillermo del Toro's uh, last uh, task he was given by the studio so he could finally make Hellboy. Right, exactly. But I, I mean, I, I like Blade 2 a lot, and I, lo- I love the first movie. I think the first movie is the best of the bunch. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. The first one's all I mean, leaps and bounds better than this movie anyway. But <laughs> To wind back the clock to uh, 1998, uh, the, the, the summer of Armageddon, it's... Uh, <laughs> Uh, the original Blade is the, what you could basically say is the very first little, uh, like, fish that crawled onto land that spawned everything that has led up to the modern superhero movie. Blade came out in 98, which begat X-Men in 2000, which begat Spider-Man in 2002, and you're off to the races. I think the only reason Blade gets forgotten in lieu of those other two movies is that most people when Blade came out, had no clue he was a comic book character. And I just happened to know because he had just showed up on Spider-Man, the, Spider-Man animated the animated series. series. Right. And, uh, yeah, I mean, and I think I think for the wider general population, it's not regarded as a comic book movie. And even as, like, a Blade adaptation, it plays pretty fast and loose with the character. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but what it did do is I think it showed... Hollywood, what it means to take a comic book character and actually treat it as like an, a science fiction movie. It's like a serious science fiction movie, which is all over that first X-Men movie. And that yeah. it's not like a comic book movie. It is a science fiction movie. It's not, you know. To not, to, to be able to take the source material even slightly seriously, because a year before Blade was Batman and Robin, and that's the the death of the of the late 80s early 90s wave of superhero movies and then this set up the next wave of superhero movies was which was taking the source material seriously putting some money into it the visual effects had caught up with the storytelling right. and you know you had some good you had some bad and all three blades fall firmly in the uh in that post x x-men post blade and x-men spider-man all the way up until 2007 and 8 where you know you had the last spider-man and then the next year you had iron man and the dark knight which started the next wave after that and you know exactly we'll, we'll get into all of that someday when we when we tackle um 
uh, probably when we get into the MCU finally. But uh, yeah. this is pre-MCU superhero making, and Blade Trinity is firmly in the desperately trying to uh, capture the success of Spider-Man in some capacity. It falls. Blade Trinity falls right alongside like Daredevil and yep. Ghost Rider and Elektra and the uh, <laughs> uh, Tim Story Fantastic Four, and it's just. It wants to have that. It wants everyone to love it, and it wants to be really cool, and it is just so shapeless and and unpleasant to watch, and everything about it is 2004 in a nutshell. <laughs> and it's it's one of those... It's one of those movies... I mean, we've talked about this a lot on this show. It's sort of the third run where everyone involved has been doing this for so long that it's clear they don't want to be doing it anymore, and they'd rather be doing anything else. Well, when <laughs> li- just... the lead actor literally is all but saying, I'd rather go to jail for tax evasion than make another one of these movies. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and like, even, yeah, Wesley Snipes, who I think is a, we should say, is a fantastic actor and martial artist and is great in the first two Blade movies. Yeah, that that's the thing that needs to be said about Wesley Snipes, that I think a lot of people post-Blade only know him from Blade and think of him, like, as this very stoic, like, humorless, you know, too right. cool for school guy. Wesley Snipes was a comedy actor for the most part. Like, yeah. people knew him from Major League and White Men Can't Jump. Uh, you know, th- this was a this really changed people's perception of him. In the first two movies, and a little bit in this one, he has a sense of humor. He's fun. He's a funny character. I mean, it... it, it, it the problem with this movie is that since it's so it's so confused about what story it wants to tell and how it wants to tell it that like Blade gets lo- I mean and part of this is the production problems but Blade just gets lost in the in the shuffle. He's yeah. like he becomes like almost like a separate and he's he's in a separate movie and like most of his dialogue feels like Wesley Snipes giving script notes. <laughs> Just yeah. like, what is this? Fuck you. you he think spends this is most a joke? of the, he spends most of the movie talking about how stupid the movie is. <laughs> exactly. And he gets a, a you know a, a bunch of wise cracking sexy young uh, sidekicks you know to that he's got to team up with. Oh my god, I forgot. Mid two thousands, Ryan Reynolds is a lot. Is a lot. He's, yeah, he's a lot. You guys. Well, it's it's also I mean it's also like they're relying on him so much here because the star is not cooperating with the director and they're like uh, I don't know just have Ryan Reynolds vamp yeah and Beal <laughs> is giving me nothing you know no, Beal doesn't have anything really to do uh, it, it it's like it's like three different scripts in search of a second act <laughs> like it just it just <sighs> kind of it runs in place and uh, um. It's uh, it is a mess of a movie. It is it, just it a really mess. is, and it's not like Blade Two wasn't a mess of a movie, but Blade Two had a guy behind the camera. It had Guillermo del Toro, who you know knew knew like knew how to like make the action pretty propulsive and the set design and the makeup effects and all that. Like that movie has that movie also is the first movie and the second movie have something that this movie doesn't have, which is I, I like. Steven Dorff in the first movie, even though he's like vampire nightclub douchebag, feels like a threat. The vampire, right. the, there's the vampire council. Vampires have a little gravitas to them. Same thing in the second one where, you know, you have the weird like Nosferatu looking vampire who runs things and you have Ron Perlman and you right. have, you know, all these cool vampire like uh, assassins that like the they're... And the and the and the and they also like up the game with the Reapers having like the you know like being yes. a scary threat for vampires as well. Um, and... Yeah, he's got to team up with the vampires right, for the mo- to... for most of that movie. This movie should have been like it's it's it is one of those things where it's this movie is taking the source material and and treating it with respect up to the point of the villain because <laughs> yeah. Blade versus Dracula should be a home run. Like, right. it's it's Dracula. We all know Dracula, you know. <laughs> and, and in the Marvel comics, Dracula exists, and he's usually portrayed as either Bela Lugosi or Gary Oldman Dracula, either yeah. like Vlad the Impaler, Warrior Man, 
or, you know, guy in a tux and a cape. Either way, great, fun contrast to Blade. But instead, they get... Uh, he's not Dracula, he's Drake. He's Drake. And he is Dominic Purcell from Prison Break in his unbuttoned shirt and his fucking <laughs> chains and just just giving no emotion, looking... You... you, you and, and well, and, and, and but on top of that, like the writing of the character is so bad because I don't, I don't know what it is Drake wants, what he feels about anything. It seems like the the vampires dig him up in this movie. The Vampire Council, led by Parker Posey of all people, Ugh. dig him up, and and they're gonna use him to become Daywalkers like Blade, right? That's the idea, I think. But what is? But Drake's just kind of like. I don't know. This kind of seems dumb. <laughs> like that seems to be his whole yeah, character he's motivation. Not, he's kind of like um, uh, Famke Jansen in the third X Men, where she's yeah, supposed to be yeah. the most powerful being on the planet, and she spends most of the movie just kind of standing off to the side next to Magneto. Exactly. And it's 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 like if you're gonna br- if you're gonna bring in Dracula or you know some whatever this version of him you gotta make it be like he's gonna take over the vampire council and he's gonna he's gonna make a play for world domination or something right like you need to make him like like you say a real credible threat or at least have an interesting plan or goal or want or and, try. And, and if he's this guy that's lived like a million lifetimes he shouldn't look exactly like the loser vampires that he's been that, that have summoned him he shouldn't yeah. look as dumb as Parker Posey and the guy from Battlestar Galactica and fucking Triple H. Uh, <laughs> he should be Christopher Lee. Right. And this is and, what we, this is our secret sauce that we, I, that I used to think, I, I, I don't know if having watched it recently, if it would have saved the movie, but what Dracula needed to be was a Dracula actor. Right. And it's like, if you had. 2000 early 2000s Christopher Lee versus Blade the movie everything would have more weight a little more camp and 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 just it would feel so cool cuz this guy would feel like oh he's a real vampire he's a, and he's a real dracula and he would i just feel like the two of them like Christopher Lee and Wesley Snipes on screen would be so much fun together yeah like i think that would just like be like I think if you went back in time and did that casting, which may not have been possible because he might have been doing Lord of the Rings, Christopher Lee might have been doing Lord of the Rings at the time. He was doing Lord of the know. Rings and probably Star Wars. Like, yeah, I mean, know, he, he, was, he, was, he, was he was He was doing other sword fighting adventures. <laughs> but I just, but, or even like if you got Charles Dance, like anyone sort of... Charles Dance. That... He was in the first one, get Udo Kier. Yeah. Malcolm yeah. McDowell, Terrence yeah. Stamp. You need an old British actor who knows, like, who has done pulpy shit and understands the assignment. Exactly. You know, Christopher exactly. Lee, at the very least, the behind-the-scenes stories on this movie are torturous enough already. Throw Christopher Lee fighting with Wesley Snipes into it. <laughs> it would have been even better. Yeah. But it just, I think, again, you needed someone to play off Blade. And, I, I mean, again, there were production problems where... Uh, David Goyer, the writer of all of these movies, came on to direct, and it's his first directorial debut, and he and Wesley Snipes didn't see eye to eye, and eventually just stopped talking to each other and were communicating only through post-it notes or an assistant. Yeah, it's... Um, (laughs) <laughs> it's very reminiscent of um, the uh, Island of Dr. Moreau backstage stuff right. where it was, well, Val Kilmer won't come out of his set and uh, come out of his dressing room until Mel Arlen Brando comes out. Well, Brando says he won't come out until Val Kilmer comes out. <laughs> exactly. And it's, uh, he, um, yeah, and David Goyer was also not originally supposed to direct. It was going right. to be, uh, they were in talks with Oliver Hirschbiegel. Uh, who Blade, uh, not Blade, Wesley Snipes was not happy with, and he instead directed Downfall. So, well, you know. <laughs> so, Blade Trinity's greatest contribution to culture is it gave us the Downfall meme. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, uh, mein Fjord, the new Blade is not very good. <laughs> <laughs> uh. 
Oh boy. Yeah, I'm surprised no one made that. <laughs> you know, you're you know you have a toxic working environment when a director's like, I'd rather go spend time thinking about Hitler. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and and I was thinking about this earlier, sort of like who really should have come in to direct this, and I think it's a pre three hundred Zack Snyder. Probably would have been a perfect choice for a Blade movie. Yeah, well, this would have been right around when he was doing Dawn of the Dead. Right, I mean, I think he would have been busy right around now, but, you know, I think that, that he would... The thing about the Blade movies is, I mean, there's there's substance to them, but they're mostly ruled by the rule of cool. And I yeah. think Zack Snyder is mostly ruled by the rule of cool. And get, I think, um, like... Get Alex Proyas. Be... Yes. David yes. Twohey. One exactly. of those guys. Those guys that were, like... Just the toast of the 2000s. Exactly. Like, who are, are, they're, they're journeymen, but they, like, got a really distinctive style, I guess. Steven you know? Summers. Oh, even better. Yes. Especially, especially if you're going to bring in Dracula and make it, like, really big. Because I think uh, that's the know. thing, is that if you're going to have Dracula be your villain, it's not about making Dracula seem modern and cool and some guy named Drake. No, <laughs> it's got to be about pulling Blade. Blade's got to go to Transylvania. Yeah. It's like yeah. it's getting put modern blade in old world vampire land. It's got he's like he's gotta go into the beginning of Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula and right. fight in like old castles and shit. Right. Like, and if and if you want, pull out that the Francis Ford Coppola like weird fucking wolf armor or whatever it is that he wears in that movie and have him fight in that. <laughs> yeah, the the the, the final <laughs> act is is Christopher Lee or whoever has their like old battle armor on. Right, exactly. So we can mask yeah. the stunt double and certain <laughs> stuff. <laughs> I mean he turns into a weird, like, toothy monster at the end of this anyway. Oh, God. So that, like... that made me think of uh, Van Helsing where the vampire yeah, yeah. turns into like a giant bat and fights <laughs> this. this is um... this is Oh my god, yeah, because this is the exact same time as Van Helsing, which also yeah. had a one of the worst Dracula. This was a bad time. The a mid bad 2000s year for were Dracula. not kind to Dracula. <laughs> um, no, it, yeah, it just it feels lower stakes and the energy's lower. And like you said, it's RoboCop three. Everyone's yeah, bored. Everyone's everyone was tired. Like, Chris Christopherson literally was brought back to life in the previous movie and just kills himself to get out of this film. <laughs> Yeah, and he clearly is giving less than a shit. Oh, like no, his, he, he wants like, out. He's done. He's, like, there for the day and is like, all right, I'm doing this, but I'm, I'm, I don't want I don't want to come back. <laughs> I ain't coming back for reshoots. <laughs> and, and losing him loses a lot of your, your gravitas because he was your elder statesman actor. Like, he was the one yeah. in the first movie and in the second movie that could make things sound weighty. You know, well, and and also it it gave Blade like someone that Blade actually respected to like talk to, which I think helps these movies a lot. Like it helps Batman when if he doesn't have a Robin, if Alfred's around, yeah. you know, it's uh, it's one of those things. And when you lose that and all you have is sort of this cast of a CW show um, that is entered into this movie, uh, Blade kind of just feels like. He's playing third banana anyway, you know? Yeah. And it's also just out of character for Blade, because typically Blade isn't, like, he's not, like, a guy that's, like, refuses to collaborate with people. Like, right, you know, yeah. He had, he had uh, Norman Reedus in Blade 2. <laughs> you know, he makes friends. But here he's like, the Night Stalkers, that's the stupidest shit I've ever heard. And I'm like, your name's Blade, man. <laughs> like, that's your, like, given name. Yeah. Sounds like a Saturday morning cartoon. It's like, um... <laughs> I don't know, man. They seem pretty competent. And he doesn't even come to, like, a grudging respect for them. No, I mean, he, he, he just, they he all die. Of, he kind of finds them just annoying. Aside from Whistler's, like, long-lost daughter or whatever. Well, because she's not, she doesn't crack wise. She's just there to be hot and competent. And, right. uh, yeah. you know, I think, what's the cap on archery being a cool action movie uh, skill? Is it just... Uh, like basically Green Arrow and Hawkeye. Is that it? I, I feel like no. Eh, with that, besides uh, like Robin Hood, right? And even then, it's a stretch. Like, did you see the the um Ansel Elgort Robin Hood? No, I never, never did. Like but... the opening of that is supposed to be him during the Crusades, and they're trying to make it look like they're like in fighting in like modern day Afghanistan. So it's him oh, and his squad right. are all going around with their like bows and arrows trained, like they're like they're covering each other's backs like they're M16s, and it's just like. <laughs> Stop. 
<laughs> Stop. <laughs> oh, boy. I mean, I guess, you know, Katniss in the uh, Hunger Games movies. That's pretty, pretty cool. I, I don't know. It's, but I, but I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I think it's, uh, at a certain point, it's very limited as a... Uh, Unless you add, like, spice it up with gadgets and Such stuff. Such a mid-2000s action <laughs> woman with her bow and arrow and her fucking listening to an iPod, iPod while fighting, which seems and, really unwise. And her weird, like, bared midriff. Like, yeah, bared like, She can unzip her sleeves and just show oh off her God, toned arms. So dumb. I mean... And Ryan Reynolds is, like, doing his Deadpool thing, which is kind of fun, like a proto-Deadpool thing, which is kind of fun, except it just takes over the movie. But I, I really think they just didn't have enough of Blade to, like, no, Ryan Reynolds has make to do, a movie. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds has to do an aggressive amount of heavy lifting to keep the energy up, probably on and off camera. Yeah. And, it, I mean, even he looks like it's killing him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there are moments where he, like, says the line, and you can tell, like, even, like, Wesley Snipes is, is pissed off, and he's just like, all right, well, I gave it my best. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, I tried. <laughs> I'm just trying to get Deadpool made, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's so lucky that he, it took him that long to get Deadpool made, because otherwise the studio would have made it something... It would have been a whole movie of this or the beginning of X-Men Origins. Yeah, I mean, that's clearly what the studio thought of Deadpool. I mean, it was... I mean, they weren't going to make it for so long that I think that... You're right. I think it would have been totally neutered. It would have been PG-13, and it would have just felt... uh, It would have felt like a bad X-Men movie. (laughs) What do you mean he's not sexy? What do you mean he's... What do you mean he looks like a meatball? What is that? No, cut that. That's that's horseshit. The ninety, the late nineties and early two thousands superhero movies are defined by John Peters' three edicts about, about Superman lives that he gave. It's like I don't want to see him in that suit. I don't want to see him fly. See him fly. And he's got to fight a giant spider in the third act. <laughs> they really are. I mean, like so many of them. It just you get to the end and you're like, what the? I mean, the original Blade was going to end with him fighting, like, a blood tornado. Remember, yeah, like, Steven Dorf turns into a into big a... blood blob. Yeah. <laughs> and the... they wisely realized, no, this we can't end it this way. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, it is, like, it does make you really appreciate the fucking miracle that is, like, the the two first two Sam Raimi Spider Mans and how like close to the close to the source material they are considering everything around them. Yeah, well, and and what's also clear about this, and I think this is true of a lot of Part Threes, particularly comic book franchise Part Threes, is that the more successful they become, the more people start getting their fingers in the pie. You know, like you get to the this one, and it really does feel like it's a pile of studio notes on top of like the production problems. You know, it's like, oh, we got to get a younger cast in there. We've got to get a hotter cast in there. Oh, we've got to, you know, we've got to going to get a whiter cast in there. We got to, well, that I mean, yeah. that too. We we're all thinking it. You know? Yeah, we got to get a whiter cast in there. We've got to get, uh, we've got to set up spinoffs. We've got to set up uh, more sequels. You know, like it's, it's we need a uh, wrestler. <laughs> we, we need a WWE the, tie-in. The kids love the that The Rock. Can we get The Rock? No, get get Triple H. Can he act? Not really. <laughs> they didn't get anyone from The Brood. WWE had a vampire stable around this time. They had Edge, Christian, and Gangrel. Like, get one of them. Edge was in Money Plane. He could do it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just... Uh, and, Jarko and the, Grimwood. And the tone of this movie is all over the fucking place. It's like, it can't decide whether or not it wants to be an R-rated movie or a PG-13 movie, and it kind of tries to split this difference, and it doesn't work. Well, and it's so unfocused. Like you said, like, what is the vampire's plan? Because, like, at the end they talk about he wanted to create a new breed of vampire. They did? Like, they have a blood harvesting facility. What does that have to do with Dracula? You know, it's... it's, (laughs) The vampires are all, like, such losers. And they live in this, like, office building. Like, the final showdown between Blade and Dracula, the epic fight between good and evil, happens in, like, in a conference room. Yeah. 
It's it's yeah. I don't know. It's it's not like the first two blades had a huge scope, but they did have like it, they didn't feel quite so cheap in comparison. Well, I mean, and it, you know, they had. It wasn't like it was like a world. I mean, the vampires in the first blade have a kind of. They want to turn. They want to. Don't they want to turn Stephen Dorff into into a god? Like, yeah, he's going to become you know, like La Magra, La Magra, the blood and god. And so you have. Like, I don't know friend, what he's going to do as the blood right. god, but it seems bad. They need, <laughs> and it gives blade. They need the Daywalker's blood for that because right. they need yeah. like it's you know. In this one, it's like they have. Um, like the humans have a plan. They've engineered their virus. The, right. Nat- to, to, Natasha Leone has en- Natasha Leone's in this movie, you guys. For like half a second, as a blind scientist. Yeah. Why is she blind? I don't know. Like I don't know. Is that from the comics? Are the are these guys are the Night Stalkers from the comics? Hannibal Hannibal King. I don't know Blade is, all that well. Hannibal King is in the comics, but he's nothing like this in the comics. He's like right. a, a private detective. I'd equate him to like he's a vampire Constantine kind of. Okay. Yeah, and yeah. so he he shows up. He was like a Doctor Strange mainstay. Okay. Uh, Whistler was not originally from the comics, uh, so Abigail Whistler is not. Right. Dracula is in the comics, but nothing like this. And Blade kind of became like this in the comics after right. the first movie. But yeah, that that's that's where it ends. Yeah. I think I don't think there's anyone else from the comics in this one. Yeah, and I know I know I I just remember. I'd never read Blade, but I remember being in comic shops in the like the '90s and seeing the term Night Stalkers. So I know that that was like a thing, but I don't know if that was like a crossover event or whatever. You yeah. know, no, where's, where's <laughs> Kolchak? <laughs> where's Morbius? Yeah, where's Doctor Michael Morbius? It's Morbin time. I mean, that's and that's how they introduced Blade in the Spider-Man cartoon is because Morbius was running around. That's and, right. Uh, yeah. And well, actually, he... did you? I looked this up. Did you know that Whistler is in the Spider-Man cartoon, and they took him from David Goyer's like first draft of Blade? Yes, I did know that. Which is wild because, like, I think that aired in like '95 or '96 or something. So yeah, it's um, it's not a very good movie, Will. No, it's, it is not a good movie. It's and... not. It's not dumb fun enough to. And it is like we've t- talked about this a few times now. There's movies that are cool. Movies that are cool can be self-aware and self-deprecating and they can be fun and action-packed and sometimes they are cool like effortlessly (laughs) cool sometimes they got steve mcqueen in them and they're just cool (laughs) and then there are movies that think they're cool and they want you to know how cool they think they are and this movie with its fucking ipods and its fucking music and its (laughs) fucking outfits and it's and 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 it 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 thinks it's so cool like this movie thinks it's cool the way that johnny depp in once upon a time in mexico thinks he's cool (laughs) yeah which is so funny because the i find the first two blade movies really cool like i like legitimately cool and so that that is a thing in franchises where a franchise will go from being cool to just thinking it's cool. Kind of like a guy who was cool in high school, and then suddenly he's 23 and hanging out near the high school, like Ben Affleck in Dazed and Confused. Yes. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's... Um, again, I, I it, it, it has such a lackluster villain. I mean, the only two people who seem to be enjoying their time on screen are Parker Posey and Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, and even then, they're both pretty unbearable, if I'm being yeah. honest. I love well, Parker Posey. I love Ryan Reynolds. But, like, the, Parker Posey's supposed to be, like, a credible villain. <laughs> and they all just... Those vampires... Like, Drake... Dracula. I'm calling him Drake. He does not get to be Dracula. I'm sorry. Drake shows up and is like, this is what vampires have become, you fucking nerds. You know? <laughs> I think if they leaned harder into this is like the dregs of the ruling vampire right. society after Blade has like decimated them, yeah. you know, it might be cool if the movie begins with like Blade and the humans are starting to win the war. Yeah. And then Dracula is like, like, oh shit, they got Dracula and Dracula is powerful and like he's gonna unite them. He's their John Connor, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Or and and he's going to do the whatever the vampire final solution. 
which they talk about. That's the blood bag thing in the, you know, with the... Yeah, the Daybreakers thing. thing where yeah. they're gonna, but, like, what does that have to do with fucking Dracula? Well, right. I mean, that if Dracula was the one sort of coming up with this idea... Haven't you read Stoker's you know? Fable? He straight up contracts out to humans. He works with people all the time. He does... Re- Dra- Dracula's, like, that book is a real estate deal, like, essentially. <laughs> well, and, and, I mean... It's a movie about your weird neighbor that bought the old abbey. <laughs> Uh, who's sexually assaulting your wife <laughs> and her friend and her friend um, <laughs> hey james remar's in this oh yeah and james remar shows up. it seems like like he's part gonna, of the, you think he's going to be a bigger character and he probably was in one of the four scripts yeah well and it seemed like that the, the way this movie starts is you think it's going to be blade being sent to like a vampire prison or something and trying to like atone for his crimes and escape which could be a fun movie but that that mo- that theme and everything about it is dropped within the first like 10 minutes <laughs> no he's caught and, and he immediately escapes and the cops aren't a factor for the rest of the movie until the it. very very end when where, they show where up i at... think they realize like he gets exonerated because drake pretends Decided... to look to look like him and so then he transforms back into drake in the morgue uh, I mean, guess I think that means that it's like, oh, it was this man, not <laughs> Wesley Snipes, all along. And well, yeah. why he's a shapeshifter? Just don't, don't write it down. Think of the paperwork. Don't <laughs> <do it. laughs> we don't, we don't want to deal with this. Yeah, I mean, it's like you kind of think that James Remar is going to be on the Blade case and like maybe eventually become Blade's ally or or not. You know, I don't know, but. Or like, um, what's that guy's name? Soap in the the Punisher, right? Yeah, he, yeah. You know, like something like, like that. Soap, but... like Commissioner Gordon. You or, know, yeah. yeah. Like he, he, that's the thing is like Blade has allies in all his. Pre- in the first movie, he has uh, the Doctor that he saves, right, yeah. but he also has like that. There's like one scene where he goes to the guy that makes all his like compounds and his and right. he makes his serum and stuff. It just seems so silly that Blade. You know, this spends this. I mean, obviously, the Night Stalkers are obnoxious and terrible, but it is just like, yeah, Blade should have allies. He's not yeah. like he's not a like I don't play nice with others kind of character. He's at least pragmatic enough to realize when he can use the help. You know? Yeah. Or, or like when something in the second movie when he has to team up with the Blood Pack and he realizes, well, this can get me you know close to the vampires yeah. and help me in what i'm trying to do he's you yeah know? that's the thing he's not just like a mindless killing machine he's not only good at hunting vampires he's a pretty craft like whistler is dead at the beginning of blade 2 and you get the sense that blade's been on the on his own and calling the shots since then yeah. and he seems fine like i think he's like a he, he should feel like a character with more agency even then, yeah. like, not just that he wants to be a lone wolf, he should be a character that can be a leader. Yeah, well, and, and the thing is, is I think the, the script, Blade Trinity, is fighting itself because it seems like on one hand they want to do this, we're going to take away all of Blade's support systems story, and he's, like, really getting down in the nitty-gritty of, like, killing people and he's, like, lost his way, right? Like, that's sort of what the beginning of blade trinity points to but then when the night stalkers show up you're like oh no this is going to be the story of blade becoming a leader and and learning and leading this team to fight the war and uh neither of those themes are explored at all and it just kind of feels like there's there everyone's in their own little separate movie yeah it really does and it's like all the it, it for a movie directed by the writer like the dialogue all feels very stilted yeah. there's one line that kept jumping out at me is like jessica feels like my father had me out of wedlock when i came of age <laughs> i you know it's like wedlock and came of age these just turns of phrases that feel like they're like he's talking to like someone in skyrim you know right. <laughs> it's like well, what's what's on. your story my father had me out of wedlock i will well, give you 16 ducats if you you know <laughs> Goyer has a lot of, like, um, as a writer, he writes characters sometimes, like, they speak like they're samurai, like, you know, like, and this is true even in, like, his, in the Batman movies, you know, the, in the Dark Knight and Batman Begins, everyone kind of talks in, like, this stilted hyper style. It doesn't, it 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 works works in those movies, though, because Batman is both, like, mythic 
and noirish. It, it right. is even those two movies, which are like especially Dark Knight, which are so grounded. Yeah. Uh, as Batman movies go, still feel like they have like a patois to them, like and a and a and a, and a, and a like a language of their own. Well, right, and I think that that's and it works also in Blade and Blade Two. Um, the problem here is that you have Jessica Biel doesn't feel, and even Ryan Reynolds, they don't feel of that sort of like noirish, pulpy world. No. So when they say like these things, you're kind of like, what? <laughs> yeah, it just feels weird coming out like or that coming out of her mouth. It just feels like she yeah, like, like uh, he, she's he like co- a non-player character in a video game. Yeah, like he you copy pasted yeah. Abigail's bio from like the the, the script bible. And into right. the dialogue, you know. I it, mean, had had you had uh, an actress, and I don't know who this would be in 2004, um, but who could sort of play that, like, sort of stylized... You know, like, Linda Hamilton in Terminator 2 does this pretty well, you know, where she talks like a samurai warrior, but it, like, actually feels like a real person delivering the lines, you know what I mean? Ra- Rachel Weiss. Yeah, yeah, Rachel yeah. Weiss. She gets yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah she'd be post mummy movies. Yeah, yeah, she'd be perfect. She'd we, be great. Yeah, we love we love Rachel Weisz. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't have much to say. It's, no, I it's, mean, there's 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 not. It much should to it talk should about. it could have been a lot more fun. It yeah. should have taken. I, I mean, obviously there were problems here beyond the movie's control. Wesley should have paid his taxes. <laughs> he can afford it. <laughs> But it really, it could have felt, like, way less watered down, and it could have felt, like, still at least escalating the spectacle and the stakes of the prior two movies, as opposed to feeling like that classic part three, everybody's tired, we're not going to try as hard, everything feels smaller and cheaper and less fun. Yeah, and I mean, like, the first two movies are, like, hardcore in, like, their action-horror action movie hybrid thing. Like, the, the first two movies are, like, incredibly gory and, like, like bananas in sort of the, the visceral stuff going on. Yeah. You know, and this movie, like, none of that is there. There's no, like, autopsy scene of the Reapers. No, like, that's Blade true. Two. They're very or, light on the blood and gore. In and this. nothing like the Blood Rave in the first Blade, which is one of the best, like, intros to oh, any of these comic book movies. That's the like, thing. It's like, I think, you know, it cannot be understated what an amazing intro to a character Blade got in the first <laughs> movie, where you know everything you need to know about this guy based on how this horde of fanged blood-soaked vampires react to him where a moment ago they were the most terrifying thing you've ever seen and then they are instantly like fuck <laughs> and then and then he just proceeds to murder every single one of them yeah. and it is it is to our listeners out there who haven't seen the first blade it is possibly one of the best <laughs> like openings in this movie cuz it's this it's a night it's an underground nightclub in a, in a slaughterhouse that the sprinklers start showering blood on everybody <laughs> it's very 1998 <laughs> in the best possible way it's amazing it's the bloodbath yeah Oh and it's, God. it's, um, yeah, check out the original Blade is a lot of fun. And it's definitely, uh, fits in that 90s Dark City Crow Matrix. Matrix. Like, there's a lot yeah. of, like, the, it, there's, that movie very much teed up the look and feel of the Matrix the following yeah. year. Yeah, it's one of those things where, you know, starting with Dark City, you can really see this anime influence in American action films and, like, Dark City, Blade, The Matrix, you can, like, all of it takes so much from Asian cinema and anime specifically that um, it's just sort of fascinating to see that that chain kind of... But also blending it with, like, westerns and noir Right, as well, exactly, yeah. And 80s action. And it's, yeah. it's, it's... It was not a very long... It's an era that didn't live very long in in Hollywood, but it's had some really interesting artifacts, and Blade yeah. is one of them. And then Blade Two, I mean, I, I think it's... It definitely falls apart in the third act, uh, but it's a Guillermo del Toro movie, so it's interesting, at the very least. I mean, and, and again, it's like, it, it lives and dies a lot on, like, the rule of cool and the production design, and... 
Wesley Snipes is having a having a blast, and he and and Ron Perlman are fun on screen together. Yeah, it's and, it's know, got a lot of stuff it could have done. It's it's it is a waste of a perfectly good Donnie Yen. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, like blink and you'll miss Donnie Yen being a badass. But it's uh that one's it's got an energy and a sense of fun that this one is just missing. You right out of the gate in this movie, you can tell that the energy of the first two is gone. Yeah, and 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 it doesn't come back. There's nothing in this movie that saves it. No. You know, I, 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 it's like Ryan Reynolds does not save it. The idea of him fighting Dracula in the way it's done doesn't save it. There are ways you could have salvaged it, but it's just like it's not it's not dumb fun enough or actual fun enough to justify how stupid it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and 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 yeah, and the action. It's sort of like, and because it's David Goyer's directorial debut, and there's like all this production problems, it's like he doesn't have a style. So the first two movies, which are mostly all style, you get to this one, and it just feels like a studio product. Where the other two kind of felt like independent films in a weird way. They had that you know? late. They had that pre Lord of the Rings new line energy to them. Exactly. Where they felt yeah. a little more subversive, and this one feels yeah. like this is now okay. Superhero movies are hot, hot, hotness, and we sort of know how to do them. <laughs> so we're gonna meddle. Yeah. Where the studio is gonna interfere a little more. Exactly. Yeah, it's uh, you know kind of a shame because it. it there, there could have been something here. I don't know. You, you could have had at least one more dumb, fun Blade movie, and instead you just got right. a dumb Blade movie, and that's <laughs> sad, really, you yeah. know? Because so, we, we're rooting for it. We're rooting for Blade. After the yeah. first two, you want more Blade, and you want more fun, like, stoic but still funny Wesley Snipes, and then this one came out, and it was just like, oh, it's not good. <laughs> Although you do get Wesley Snipes say Gucci Go to a baby, which is kind of hilarious. Yeah. So it's, it's, I don't know. <laughs> it's it's that fine line that Blade walks in his performance, where he goes from being a real person to just like Arnold Schwarzenegger in Terminator. Yeah, uh, you never get a line as good as some motherfuckers are always trying to ice skate uphill. I mean, that's, I, I like the when he just mouths "What the fuck" in the first one. <laughs> Or in this one, actually, I like the moment where the the he's got the guy pinned up against a wall, and he's like, "Oh, don't do anything; they'll kill me." And Blade is like, "Motherfucker, I'll kill you." Yeah, that's the Blade <laughs> that's missing from most of this movie. He kind of yeah. comes out like the emotional Wesley Snipes yeah, comes yeah. out again. Major in, Major League Wesley Snipes. Or, or in the the first Blade where he the cops shoot at him and he goes, "Motherfuckers, are you out of your damn mind?" Exactly. Where the Blade the the Wesley Snipes that we didn't see from before like from before blade we didn't see again until dolomite <laughs> yeah exactly because he got stuck doing a whole bunch of direct to dvd uh well, direct to dvd he, stuff and he had no do, money yeah and he went to jail you know <laughs> doing time uh, but i was looking up sort of like random stuff on the wikipedia for this movie um, I don't know if you saw this, Sam, but in 2016, Underworld actress Kate Beckinsale stated that a crossover sequel to Blade Trinity with the Underworld film series had been in development, but was canceled after the film rights reverted to Marvel Studios Yes, in I, I think we talked about that um, on our Rise of the Lycans episode, because <laughs> this movie has big Underworld energy. Really does, yeah. Humorless people in gray rooms <laughs> looking at guns. <laughs> And looking gray, like everything's washed out Everything and everyone's just pale. Blue and... gray, and it's set in a, a vague, indeterminate city, and everyone's <laughs> unhappy. <laughs> yep. But um, so next week, keep for our next spooky threequel, spooky threequel season. It is an actual horror movie, and unlike Blade, it is set in a specific location. <laughs> but much like Blade Trinity, I fear it's probably not going to be very good. Uh, we haven't gotten to this guy yet. We've done Freddy. We've done Jason. We've certainly done Michael Myers. It's time to hang out with Leatherface in Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3. Hell yeah. So I got to watch the other two Texas Chainsaw Massacres. I will do it. I'm very excited because I haven't seen those two movies. This is really just to get Will to watch the first one and more (laughs) importantly watch the second one, which is just like, it's the bananas, uh, like 80s slapstick uh, cannibal chainsaw comedy he didn't know he needed. I mean, all, everything you've told me about it over the years has uh, 
has made me want to watch it uh, more and more. And I, you know, it's I I have a soft spot for Rob Zombie's Devil's Rejects, and I know that uh, it takes a lot of its uh, oh yeah stuff from from uh, Chainsaw Massacre. And actually, so. uh, House of a Thousand Corpses takes a lot from Chainsaw Two. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, because Chainsaw Two is bigger and crazier and more over the top and more comedic. And and the first one is obviously super low budget, much more grounded movie. Feels maybe a little like too real, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. but it is um, you know it's a horror classic, and it's uh they are the first two are fascinating movies, and the third one is it's interesting in that it's trying to it's the first one that Toby Hooper didn't have anything to do with, and it's trying to kind of reground the franchise a little bit. But it's also, like Blade, it's a New Line movie, and it's um, it clearly was, like, heavily meddled with by the studio (laughs) and had lots of reshoots. Um, It's, I I don't know, I've only seen it once, and I remember thinking, it's fine. It's not, like, the, it's, it's not nearly as bad as some of the other subsequent Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies. Right. But um, it's, it's, I think it's, it's gonna be... I'm just I'm going to say in advance it's kind of bland but I think it'll be interesting to watch in the context of the first two. So I'm looking right. forward to what you think about that. Okay. Yeah, I uh, that that's uh that's been on, they've been on my list for the past past week cuz you had mentioned you were going to think about it and I was going to try and watch them and I haven't gotten around to it but I will. I will. Um mine I have the third one on DVD but it's in a box under three other boxes uh <laughs> in a closet in my child's bedroom. So <laughs> Where neither I or she can find it. Yeah, that's, uh, I've got a lot of stuff like that, too. Movies, particularly, or where it's like, oh, yeah, that's buried under a whole bunch of other stuff, and I don't really want to go digging. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I support physical media, but, uh, sometimes it, it takes up so much space. It doesn't support my lumbar. <laughs> or the, the space, your living space. That's what I've found. It's right? true. I, I, uh, you know, I'm, the moment you lose the wall that your shelf was on, uh, <laughs> it has to make room for a crib and a, a changing table. You know, you have to change your priorities. Parenthood changes things, Will. You do get a little bit of that space back, though, when they when you migrate out of the crib and yes. migrate out of the... So, when she know. goes to college or, or <laughs> to war. I don't know. <laughs> and when she's drafted, it'll... <laughs> well, well, I mean... <laughs> Uh, she can she i was thinking just like i don't know like coast guard rear detachment something like that she's just like watching spring breakers and like you know off cabo that seems easy right that seems very easy yeah i I mean maybe watching spring breakers isn't but hanging out off the coast of cabo probably well watching the movie spring breakers isn't easy but uh, yeah that's what i oh 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 i'm sorry you meant actual spring breakers not the movie spring breakers you thought (laughs) oh i want my my dream for my daughter is she's gonna sit on a coast guard pt boat and off the coast of cabo and watch harmony kareen spring breakers (laughs) starring selena gomez This is how you know you're talking to two homebodies, because I say spring breakers, and he thinks the movie, not people that go out and drink with others and have a party. Actual spring breakers. Uh. Go to blood raves. (laughs) Go to blood raves and hang out and watch people, watch Donald Logue be a sleazebag. Uh. Yeah, I'm sorry. No one in this movie is a bigger threat than Donald Logue in the first one. Do, Do you watch what we do in the shadows? Uh, no, I know. I've, I've seen the movie, but I haven't watched the show. The show is fantastic. I actually like it better than the movie, but Donald Logue shows up in it. Oh, really? As himself, and he's a vampire. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, like, he's on That's the, amazing. like, vampire council, and he's like, yeah, you know, it's just, it's like, uh, so the part in Blade actually came really easy to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's amazing. He's great. I love him. I I want more of him. Yeah, I, he's he's good in anything. And and you know this movie has a lot of people that you would expect that from, like Patton Oswalt and Parker Posey and and Ryan Reynolds. And it's it's and you Natasha Lee. Natasha Lee. Well, this is this is post American Pie, but pre Orange is the New Black modern yeah. 
Natasha. Yeah. This is Natasha Leone, I think, when she was having kind of a hard time. So yeah, and it's not. It's a aggressively thankless part too. Well, and same with Patton Oswalt. It's like he's he's I guess the cue of the the Night Stalkers, but he's only in like a scene. Yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't really get to do, do anything. anything. You know. Yeah. I'm sure he was like, his agent was like, hey, there's this part in this Blade movie. Do you want it? He's like, of course I do, you know. <laughs> I'm sure, yeah. He was probably like, oh, that's awesome. I'd yeah. love to do it. Uh, <sighs> well, uh, that was uh, that was a movie. Uh, <laughs> and uh, next week's will also be a movie. Uh, and then we will see if we can drum up uh, a barn burner for Spooky Threequel number three. <laughs> but until then, uh, and until next week with Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3, um, Will, uh, it's a delight. It's a, I, I'm not mad at you about this. I knew what I was getting into. No, I mean, it's always fun. We we bonded one night. I think I mentioned it on the last episode. We bonded one night getting drunk talking about this movie or maybe even watching this movie one night. One yeah. Time. So. What, what might have been. That's what I say yeah. with Blade Trinity. What might yeah. have been. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and what else is there to say? Mm. Some motherfuckers are always trying to ice skate uphill. When did Blade see someone trying to ice skate <laughs> uphill is what I want to know. When, when was that? <laughs> right. He's got some really funny outbursts throughout the, like, the, the second movie. It's, Clearly you do not know who you are fucking with before he blows them all up you get the sense the blade in the first two movies practices these lines when no one is looking like he's a little like putting on a little bit more of a uh an act and then this blade is is serious about how serious he is yeah yeah Yeah. Uh, good times yeah yeah uh until uh, next time folks hope you're having a good start to the fall and uh hope you're having a good start to the halloween season and we will uh see you next time and remember to rate review and subscribe yes will is very good at reminding you to do that because i don't <laughs> rate review and subscribe mom <laughs> exactly uh good night everybody <laughs> adios